The Birth Circle podcast features experts in all the nuanced areas of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum with the aim of helping women make the choices that will keep them safe, healthy, and empowered. We respect all birth choices and believe in supporting informed consent and evidence-based practices. Nothing said on this podcast should be taken as medical advice. You should always seek the advice of a competent professional for your care. Welcome to the Birth Circle podcast. <laughs> We're composed. Composed. Ready? Mm-hmm. This is Sarah with Birth Circle, and today I'm so excited to have Courtney and Stephanie with me. And as you can tell, we're having a hard time getting ourselves composed because the warm-up <laughs> discussion was so fun. So I'm really excited to see where this goes. Anyway, Courtney <laughs> and Stephanie are uh, the founders of a birth course called My Essential Birth. They are certified childbirth educators and doulas, and they have crammed all of their many, many years, right? Many years. Yes, many. But, you, but you're both count. still yeah. 23 right now. Um, yes, thank you. Sure. Yes. Uh, they've crammed all their years of experience into creating this beautiful course, my, the My Essential Birth course. They're also the hosts of the Pregnancy and Birth Made Easy podcast, where they give tons of practical tips and holistic advice for pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Uh, between the two of them, they have seven kids and just about every birth experience you can imagine. Yeah. Stephanie loves uh, palm trees and Courtney loves the mountains and they enjoy homeschooling their kids, running the business together and encouraging women to believe in themselves. Woo. Yeah. Sounds like us. Yes. Yep, sounds like you. <laughs> I'm just so excited to pick your brain tonight. Um, your energy is so fun. You, you said before when we were pre-recording that people that listen to your pro- your course and your podcast feel like they're like hanging out with their friends they're yes yeah <laughs> it's like it's like two girlfriends who you can easily chat with but who also happen to be crazy knowledgeable and passionate about birth so crazy yeah. knowledge That's winning all combo. the things yes yeah and you never get tired of being birthy talking birthy all the birthy right no no I get so excited when I'm meeting someone for the first time they're like oh I just had a baby and oh okay how was it and oh my gosh that just lights me up and my husband's like trying to drag me away yeah yeah (laughs) you can't talk to everybody about it Uh, yeah yeah. and your kids are probably super good at helping I mean your 10 year old could probably talk circles around birth at this point too they know yeah (laughs) they know they know transition they know stages you know the best was when my seven or eight year old son came in. He goes, Mom, I'm trying to get on the computer. What's my uterus name and password? And I was like, <laughs> oh my Somebody favorite. has a birthy mother. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, your mom's a doula, is right? <laughs> yeah. That'd yep. be a good podcast episode. I know. You know, oh, your mom's a, a doula, is. <laughs> yes. I like to think, though, good. that if we're not bringing this stuff home, if you've had a great birth experience and you're not bringing it home to your children, I think that's doing them a disservice in some ways because we can have so much influence for good over the attitudes and feelings surrounding birth. I was fortunate in that I grew up in a home where my mom spoke really positively about birth and motherhood. And that, you know, certainly became my philosophy as well. But I know that's not the case for everyone where yeah. people are like, I was in labor for 40 hours with you. And, you know, I just, yeah. I, I think we can do so much good over their little hearts. Right. Well, and we both have a ton of boys. So between us, there's six boys <laughs> and one sweet little girl. But yeah. I think how important it is. I mean, you're going to be a husband and a father someday. Oh, and you, you know you what? You know this stuff. I don't and how to think support. the dads realize how much influence they have over their partner. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like I know for our last, my husband, Husband's like, hey, can we try a water birth? I think it would help us. It, I think Aww. it would help us bond and be more. I, I think it, anyway, I was like, ew, gross, be in my own suit. But yes, yes, <laughs> baby, we will. 
<laughs> right? And it was yeah. such a good experience. And I have him to thank for it, you know, for for opening my eyes to that concept. And anyway, so how did yeah, you guys sure. then get into this crazy world? Well, um, I started off with childbirth education. I mean, I, I had my four babies and then we had to be done, which was kind of bittersweet for me, um, had some health challenges come up and, you know, those who can't do any more teach. And so I became <laughs> certified, um, and began teaching a 12 week childbirth course and series. And, um, and then I loved it so much and I wanted to become a doula. I didn't want to just teach and, and have them come back and tell me about their amazing births. I wanted to be a part of them. And so became a doula. And that's actually where Steph and I met was at a doula, doula workshop. Yes. So <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. And mine's a little different. I had like a really interesting first birth that ended in a cesarean that I believe was a hundred percent unnecessary. Mm -hmm. And so it forced me into getting educated. And then I had two really incredible births. One was with an epidural, but a vaginal birth after cesarean. And then my third baby was born at home, um, due to all kinds of circumstances. And it wasn't my first choice, but then when I finished, I was like, Oh my gosh, if I can do this, anybody can. And now I have to go tell everybody about it. So yeah. same thing. I became certified and I was like, you have to, I was confused. Like, why doesn't everybody want to know this? Cause I I'm like, I wish everybody I know, was telling right? me this. And then you, you know, can get on my mm -hmm. high horse and people are like, I'm, I'm actually good. You know, <laughs> it it's, me it's interesting. Off, a but. lot of my most, uh, a lot of the, a lot of my conversations are with like boomer men who want to tell me about <laughs> their wives experience and about their experience. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if boomer men can still be holding yeah. pain and confusion around the childbirth yeah. of their kids, yeah. What are their, what are their partners thinking? What are their wives thinking? and their, and their daughters who are now birthing? They're my age. Right. So, right. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, um, then when was this, when you guys met? So, oh, I don't even want to know. How You're asking all the hard questions. <laughs> I don't know when did I become years certified? and years and years, years and ago. years ago it had to have been around what six seven years ago sure so you guys have been doing this for a while <laughs> we've been here okay for a so while. tell us about your philosophy and birth and how it different different it's different because you know we all as birth workers we all want everybody to be empowered and it's so, such an overused yes. word we all want moms to have the information they need um to give birth the way they need to but what makes your um the my essential birth course just special. I'm glad, I'm glad you asked that. It's interesting because Stephanie and I, when we met at this doula workshop, we found out that we were both teaching the same childbirth education course. And, um, I, it served me well, I'm not, I'm not going to dog it or anything, but there were some things that I felt frustrated by. Um, one of those was that it was a very strict 12 week series. And so if somebody was coming to us at 32 weeks pregnant, we had to turn them away. And I just felt like that was just such an injustice. I have all this knowledge. I'm happy to share 32 weeks is still plenty of time. You know, 36 weeks is still plenty of time. 38 weeks is still plenty of time to prepare and um, have the kind of birth that you want to have and make changes to make that possible. So I didn't like the feeling of having to turn them away. I also didn't appreciate that I... Um, they were very dogmatic that this is the way you do it. This is only the way you do it. This is the only way you can have a, an amazing birth. And when I would have my students come back and we would all get together with the babies and share birth stories, um, sometimes I would get a couple in there and they would almost feel like embarrassed or sheepish, yeah. ashamed Ooh, yeah. to tell me about their birth story because they utilized an epidural or because they ended up needing a cesarean. And I hated that that's how they were left feeling. And yeah. so 
I kind of started getting this little nudge in my heart that number one, we needed to have something online. At the time, there weren't many, if at all, um, online birth courses. Yeah, you hit that timing pretty darn good, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. And so we felt like we could serve so many women. Um, you know, it's great that I can teach five people every 12 weeks in my home, but I, I knew I could have more of an impact yeah. if I could just reach a bigger audience. And so I began talking with Stephanie and kind of approached her about, Hey, what if we built a course where we give women the information and the tools and the empowerment and the techniques, and we train their partner really, really great. And we leave the decision-making and we're not going to define what an ideal birth is for them. We let them decide that for themselves and we support them however they choose to give birth, whatever that ideal looks like for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So our course isn't just, this is for unmedicated people, or this is just for medicated people. It, it actually allows you to be within wherever you're at comfortably. And so it's just all about choice. It's all about decision-making. But I think the other side of that is being crazy knowledgeable so that when you have to make decisions, because the truth is we call it this birth plan, right? Like in the course, we refer to it as a map because it's end destination is everybody safe and healthy. And we've got a wonderful baby. And we can look back at that birth experience and say, I was a part of every decision and I feel good about that. Yeah. But, but when we make these plans or this, this birth that we dream up, when it gets off course just a bit and we're not expecting it, or we're asked questions that we, you know, we weren't tested mm -hmm. on before, before <laughs> we're in, in the actual throes of labor, then it, it's not fair for mom to have to make those decisions because you're asking her to, um, you're, you're up against things that you don't have information about. And so if you have the knowledge going in and you can say to somebody asking you to break their water, let's say, or, or break your water, say that you're six centimeters, you've been stuck there, right? I'm air quoting, stuck. right? You've been stuck <laughs> for several hours now. If we just break that water, baby's just going to come right down. Well, the truth of the matter is they might not. They, that might just cause more pain and increase chance for infection. And it doesn't make anything go faster. But if mom doesn't know that beforehand, then she can't make an educated decision. She can't say in her mind, I've gone through all of this. If I get asked that question, I'm going to trust my intuition and I know the benefits and risks. So now I can make a calculated decision. Instead, she's up against, oh, well, that was what they said. I don't know yeah. how I feel about that. And it's not, it's not fair for mom. And then also if she does decide to do it, then she goes forth with con confidence and yes, then there's exactly. no, like, yep. there's no remorse. And that's the thing is, um, I heard somebody say, there's no such thing as an unnecessary C-section because in the moment when you agreed to it, you felt it was necessary. Even if you were being coerced into it, you still felt it was necessary. A mom doesn't go right. in for, right. uh, to be on purpose, to have it an unnecessary. Does that make sense? Yeah, I thought that was, that, that was a good yeah. way to put it that you, you, in the moment you make the, dis the best decisions you can. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I love, I love the community that we have for our students because when they come back and they share their birth story, we certainly have many women who I had an unmedicated birth. This was the goal. This is what I wanted. Thank you so much. This was an awesome experience. We both really look back on it with joy. And yet we have other women saying, you know, my goal maybe was an unmedicated birth. And when I got to this point, I felt like I wanted to utilize an epidural. I was aware of everything, you know, the pros and the cons going into it. And with confidence, I, I made that choice and I feel good about it. And I had such a great experience and that's what we want. That's what we want for you. So our job is to equip you, to prepare you for 
all the different curveballs that can be thrown during pregnancy and birth and, and even beyond um, and prepare you with information so that you can make those informed choices, be in charge of the decision-making and feel good about it all along the way. Yeah. yeah. And along with that, I just have to throw this in. In fact, we had a mom just what recently a week or two ago, mm-hmm. and this isn't uncommon where a cesarean became the necessary step of, of action, but to be able, and this, she was just like beaming. She's like, but I knew in that moment, like I had done all these things. I knew that it was absolutely necessary that I fell into that small percentage and I feel so good. And what a difference that is yes. even from my birth to be able to look back and say, I know that wasn't necessary. And this is how I feel. And I'm like slinking into motherhood instead of standing tall and being like, yep, I needed that, you know? So yes. it's a big difference. Yes, exactly. So then what type of um, client does your program attract? Tell me, like, oh, really question. get into <laughs> her heart because I mean, there's a million birth programs and I've interviewed them yeah. all and, and some attract those that are looking for a very spiritual, um, yeah. almost transcendent experience. Some are looking for yeah. a very rigorous, like athletic experience. Some are looking for a very, um, left brain, like very encyclopedia experience. And it's just every birth modality is different. So what is, who are attracted? Who is? is? We understand. It's too late. (laughs) I already did so much adulting today. It's done. (laughs) So yeah. Who comes, who comes to your courses and who does? I I would say women who want the knowledge. They, they know that they want to have a beautiful experience looking back. I'd say what half or maybe the, I want to have an unmedicated experience. Mm-hmm. The other half come to us. Um, we, well, some of them are, you know, I didn't like the experience I had and you guys speak a lot of truth. And now I'm understanding by listening to you why, why it didn't it go. Didn't go yes. Um, but then I think just women that want to like, feel good about their experience, but be able to look back and say, that was beautiful. They come for the knowledge. I find that a lot of women are there to learn. So, so they want to know, they want to own their experience by having all the knowledge behind understanding why their experience is what it is or what. And you know, what's funny about that is I think a lot of them don't come in knowing that that's why they're coming in. You're asking what, what is bringing Uh them. And I can look at them and say, that's what they're craving. But it's funny because when they step in, and we'll have moms who are like, I didn't plan to want to go unmedicated, but now I, I know all these things. And actually I do <laughs> want to go unmedicated and then mm-hmm. they do. So yeah. it's just, yeah. Because that boundary or the border for them to cross was just knowledge for them. Like it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't even fear so much. It's just not having the right, the knowledge they needed to make the decision on what type of birth. Do you ever have moms that then the, um, they go through the course and they go, you know what? I really feel like I need a C-section. Like right at the get-go, they planned a planned C-section, but then they go in with, with I, the courage to do it. I don't think we've ever fear. had anyone who, um, chosen elective cesarean mm-hmm. birth before. I don't think we've had that situation. We have had women in our course. We had a mom just a couple of weeks ago, pregnant with twins, um, right. mono die. And she said, you know, I'm, I'm almost 39 weeks. I've been talking to my provider. She's totally supportive of letting me go into labor on my own. However, she did present this about you know, being induced at 39 weeks. And I just want to know, is there, what other information do I need to right. make a decision? So Steph and I talked to her I talked to her and kind of gave her, well, these are some things to consider. Um, and, you know, let us know how it goes. Let us know what you decide to do. And she, she came back. She goes, well, um, my husband and I, we reviewed the information. We spoke with our provider. We were prayerful about what we should do. And we've chosen induction. Thank you so much. 
we feel good about the decision. We're excited that's about perfect. that. Perfect. Yeah. And that's what we want. That's all we're there to do. I um I think it's interesting because we do have a little um intake survey on our course for people when they're just joining. It's like, hey, just we're just curious, you know, what are you here? What are you excited to learn? Um, one of the things that we talk a lot about is you know, there's so much good to be had in the birth world from so many different places. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly learning from, um, my peers within the birth world. And when I went from just teaching childbirth education classes to also being a doula as well, my mind at that workshop was blown. I had never learned about some of these, um, fetal positioning techniques before I had never learned about some of these different counter pressure options. And as I began to learn from others within the birth community, I found that I was starting to teach my classes a little bit different. I was starting to throw in, well, hey, I've noticed that my um, hypnobirthing clients do this really well. And so I'm going to start to incorporate that into what I teach. And so what we like to say is we, we do our best to take that the, the best that the birth world has to offer from all these different aspects and combine it into one place so that you're not taking our course and going, oh, um, but they're not covering anything on like medical hypnosis. And I kind of wish I knew a little bit more about that. We're, we're pulling from all the good that we've observed in the birth world. And well, and preparing the partner. Place. Oh, and the partner. Because that, yeah. that's the other thing we get a lot of is my husband needs to know what's going on. <laughs> he yeah. needs to be able to actually it's help. It's not a one woman sideline. Yes. So, yep. Yeah. All right. So I love that. I love that you guys are bringing so much knowledge because I think your course would have been perfect. I love to know all the things and all of the things about the things and the data that backs up the things. Yes. But let's be honest, you don't lead with fetal positioning or Bishop's score or any of the other. What's like the, the basic core things that you would like talk to a newbie about? Like, okay, we, you're standing in the grocery store and you see a belly. Where does that conversation go? Like, <laughs> that might not even go towards the course. <laughs> There's so many places that could go. Yeah. I really do think that there are small, simple things that um, an expectant mother can do every single day to set herself up for success. One of the first things we tell you is you've got to be working with the right provider. Um, I feel like they can hold a lot of influence over how your birth goes. They're not the end all be all. Like you can have a crappy provider and have a great birth. It's just a little bit more challenging to do so. But it can, when you are partnered with somebody who is completely supportive of what you want or even wants the same things for you that you want, that's magic. Right. And so that's something that anybody can do is make sure they're um, matched with the best provider for them. The second thing is we always direct people with, there are three exercises that we think every single woman should be doing daily during pregnancy with some exceptions, right? I mean, there's always some contraindications, sure. but, uh, you know, if you can do those, then we can get baby in an optimal position for birth. And I feel like that sets you up for a great contraction pattern and, um, and easier birth as you go. And so we direct them to those and those are free to download off our site as well. So I, I think we like to start there, make sure you're with a good provider, do these three exercises daily. And um, as you start to um, imagine and envision your birthing experience, come back to us and let us help you right. make that a yeah. reality. I think that's like, that's the setup for success is you have to be able to envision your birth 
from beginning to end, walk yourself through who's there. What are you doing? What are you wearing? What is it like? How does it it feel feel to be in that space? And then we can help you set up that exact experience, just lead you along the way. Love that. So you basically kind of give them the tools to think about what they don't know and questioning, you know, what, what they visualize. Cause I guess, I guess it's, I mean, I'm just going to make a dumb construction example, but it's (laughs) you say, Oh, I want to go buy a house. And then the real estate agent says, well, what style do you want? What year do you want it to be mm-hmm. built in? Do you want it, you know, up in the mountains? Do you want it down by the lake? Do you, and you're like, I never thought about it. Yeah. And then he says, okay, go, go check out Pinterest and come back to me when you know, cause I'm not going to show you 20 houses. I want to, right. right. So that's <laughs> right. kind of what you're asking him to do is kind of do figure out kind of well, what, what does this look like for you? And right. you have to have that many specifics because you're the, you're, you'll help them find that right information. But just like a real estate agent's like, Oh, you want a family-friendly house. Okay, great. Now let me help you define that. And you do the same thing for them. I love that. And it may not even be like, they may not be able to imagine all the details because they don't even know that they can have those details. But but I think most women, whether they've taken a birth course or not, they know how they want to feel at the end of that experience. And so you tell us how you want to feel. Do you want it to be just peaceful and serene and just quiet and like you're basking in this glow of new baby motherhood? Or do you want it to be fun and bright? And, you know, I think that no matter where you are, you can know how you want to feel. And that's a great starting point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, watching women, sorry, just go through mm -hmm. this exercise though. Um, it's interesting because you'll have a mom who is planning for a medicated experience in a hospital setting, um, at wherever, and you have her walk through this. And on the other side of it, when you ask those questions, she wasn't there. That's not where she was at all. It was a field or it was in her, in her home, it was this quiet, it it didn't match. And so I think helping people understand, you know, are, are you in the right space for what your, your mind is telling you, you'd like to do, do they match? And then if not, how to get it there. It's not that a mom in a hospital setting can't have that exact birth that she's looking at in her mind, but how you set it up is really important. I was going to say, for the record, we've never had anybody give birth in a field before, but that was, you know, it was my extreme, (laughs) not opposed to people giving birth. My, I always say, if you want to give birth at the dolphins, you know, by all means, means. yeah, (laughs) Um, I I'm a birth filmmaker. And I would, I would say for a long time, I would say, if you're going to give birth in a, in a, in a, in a place I haven't filmed before you get a huge discount. So I have gotten (laughs) to do, but I also have not done a field birth. Okay. So note to listeners. Or a car birth. I was like, hey, please oh, hire me for your car birth. Really car birth. Oh my gosh. No, not a plan. Well, one of my best friends gave birth in the back of a van. I was like, and you didn't call me because. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. There may a little bit going on. <laughs> oh, but, so um, talk to me a little bit about birth trauma. And the reason I ask you this, I want to know what you do, how you approach birth trauma from for first-time moms who've heard of the thing and are worried about it and are either super worried about it and it affects their decision-making or overconfident that they don't think it could happen to them. Mm-hmm. And then my second part of the question is, how do you deal with uh, um, helping clients, your, your students, um, work through their past birth traumas if it happened and getting ready for their second birth? So second, third, fourth birth. So, okay. Two-part question. Right. Um, when we have somebody who's come to us and maybe they've had a previous experience that was really traumatizing for them, there's, and Stephanie 
can probably attest to this better than I can, there's often a lot of fear and baggage and um, there's a lot of stuff to unpack there. And we knew when we created the course that we would have a fair percentage of women who would fall into that category. And so as we were creating it and we were working closely with um, somebody to help us, who's a professional in this area, to develop meditation tracks that would be highly effective at helping them unpack all of that. And so we have this beautiful fear release meditation that we offer in the birth course. And um, we tell them, you might need to listen to this just one time. You might need to listen to it daily. But if you um, are willing to work through this journey, it's like what, like a 15, 20 minute meditation, mm -hmm. you can come to the other side. On top of that, we really do feel like your mind is your biggest ally in birth. And so because of that, um, we do a lot of mental work. I think that your mental game going into this space is just, it's such a huge influencer. And so we have something that we call um, the find it and flip it exercise. So you take a mom and maybe she's feeling anxious about a repeat of um, being pressured into something that I really don't actually want. And so we, we work through them to help them um, give a name to that fear, like, like put a label on it, say it out loud, write it down, whatever you need to do. Then we're going to take that and we're going to flip it into two positive statements that are completely opposite of that. Um, I am supported in all my choices. I am in charge of my um, birth or whatever it needs to be for them. And those become their daily affirmations. And you say those to yourself multiple times a day. Maybe you have a recording that you play it multiple times a day until you don't have that um, anxiousness or worry about that particular issue anymore. And you can move on. So yeah. can I ask you a question in between you answering my other question? Yes. <laughs> so what are some of the most common uh, blocks that your, that your people are expressing? I've been talking a lot. I'll let you take <laughs> I'm saying, you. Hmm, I have to think about this. Um, the biggest thing that we're seeing right now is induction. And I think induction has really increased, at least just based off of not only our followers, but the women that are in the course since COVID hit, it has mm -hmm. been like number one topic. And so, um, I, I think, yeah, moving that into like, uh, I'm in charge of my body. I trust my own decisions anything that can take that and move it into a positive is what we're seeing probably the best to be able to do that. The other thing that comes along with that though, is for the women that have the trauma already is coming into that birth community. So the online Facebook community, and that's where you can ask all the questions and you get hooked up with other women that are going through the same things or have made it to the other side and can offer support now. And then obviously you've got us in there, but I think the power comes from the women that are in there yeah. supporting each other, loving on each other. That makes trauma go away. Community and connection makes trauma go away. Um, and then to bring it back to what we do with our, our new moms for our first time moms coming in that are worried about birth trauma. The number one thing we tell them to do is to stop listening to poor <laughs> stories. Like you have to have the good stories, the good birth stories being fed to you. You have to watch the good birth videos. You have to listen to the positive people. Stop listening to your mom and her own trauma and her own baggage. Um, and the other part of that is to have compassion on the women who are relaying the not so wonderful things to you. Because I think what Courtney and I have found is the reason that those stories get shared over and over and over again is because they're trying to work through they're their own stuff. It. They're processing and they don't mm -hmm. know how. So it gets spit up over and over and over again until you can have somebody come in and say, 
that was really terrible. And it doesn't have to be that way that you can help them walk through it. And I think for a lot of women, especially that have had trauma, having a birth that is beautiful and not traumatic heals a previous one. Right. Yeah. Agreed. So, and so for the women that are still having babies, then they can look to a future birth as that redemptive healing experience. But the women who have a traumatic birth as their last birth, that is so hard. So hard. And I'm so grateful for the specialists who I think um, we need to help more people become aware of. There are birth trauma therapists yes. who specifically specialize in helping you move through and process that kind of an experience. And so I feel like if if that's what you ended on, or if that's what you, maybe it wasn't your choice. Maybe you wanted to have more children, but now you're kind of forced to be done or whatever the reason may be. There are professionals out there who can help you process that. And I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to receive that kind of help. Yeah. And understanding that trauma is not your fault. You know, you're, you're I never... think that's honestly, I think that's half right. the battle. I tell people mm-hmm. like a lot of times they won't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my kids don't listen to me. I mean, yeah, um, they right won't listen to me, but then I, my hope is that if they, if they, that watching films, for, mainly as a filmmaker, I say, watch the films, watch the films, because then yeah. at least you can see what it looks like. And when it doesn't happen to you that way, when your birth doesn't go beautifully like those, you'll know I'm not broken. The system's broken. I was, yeah. it, it takes the, right. it takes you out of victim and yeah. it takes you into like just seeing what it was for what it was, the doctor wanted to go on vacation or the hospital had a protocol or whatever it was. It has nothing to do with your eternal ability to mother or like any of that. We just did and recorded an episode earlier today, a podcast episode about um, failure to progress. I hate that phrase so, so (laughs) much because, um, and one of the things that they found is that they took a group of women And they, um, for half of them, they applied the old 1950s Friedman's curve, right? You need to be progressing at least this fast, right? And, um, and kind of put them with an older system in school of thought and with this other half, which Stephanie are like, it's so unfair. Why would you want to be with that yeah. half? Right. Yeah. <laughs> with the other half, they let them eat and drink during labor. They applied, um, newer understandings and, um, information about birth progression and how you, you could take a really long time to get to six centimeters. And that's okay. As long as mom and baby are healthy and the outcomes were just so different. Um, it was really kind of sad. And in this particular study, women with the older model had over a 20% cesarean rate, which is actually lower than what right. we have on average here in the United <laughs> yes. States. But for the women who, um, were given more evidence-based care, it was, it was 10%. And so I just feel, I love what you said, basically, Sarah, that it's, you're not broken. Your body's not broken. Nothing's a failure. The system failed you. And we're sorry about that. And it's okay to feel upset about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, that being seen plus that connection and that community, that's more powerful trauma healing yeah, antidote for trauma than anything really. Right. right. Yep. Yeah. But there are, there are therapists. I did not realize that until, well, I had, I had no idea I had suffered postpartum um, OCD until I saw Brooke Shields on Oprah in 2006, wow. I think it was. And she was talking about wanting to drive into a freeway median. And I was like, oh, that's a thing. And then I started Googling postpartum and I didn't even know how to spell it and you couldn't even find it on Google. So I thought maybe it's a made up word. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just 2006 that right. it just didn't even exist. And then I found uh, somebody locally that in 2010 that did um, 
postpartum work and she was just booked up the wahoo. I mean, she just, yeah, huge, huge waiting list. And as people start accepting the word postpartum and understanding what it means, I'm hoping that more people can get the help they need. Yeah, us too. We that, we definitely go over that within the birth course. And actually that came from a need. Same thing. It wasn't until after I gave birth to my final child and I started teaching birth classes and invited somebody to come in and speak about postpartum that I was sitting there and I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I've been living with this for the past, at that point, seven and a half years. And yep. I didn't know. I didn't well, know. Well, our moms and our grandmas have lived with this. I mean, I asked How my grandma, she, yeah. she was 94. And I asked her even in the last year, tell me about your births. And I mean, man, <laughs> things were so different. Yeah, and what she just had to put behind her, what she just had to bury, you know, and not. Right. So uh, one thing that I want to pull in from the pre-record, um, is, is you were talking about how important this is for your family, for your legacy, how important it is for you to show your daughters and your sons. I mean, you have a bazillion sons between you guys, <laughs> but what does this mean um, to support and, and empower birth? What does it mean for the legacy that you're giving to your children? It changes everything. When you have a mother that can leave her birth experience, or as I like to say, walk into motherhood with strength and empowerment and understanding maybe a little bit of her divinity and being able to birth a child and bring them into this world, you're changing generations, you're changing the world. And that's what we find too, just part of the reason that I had to shout it from the rooftop, part of the reason that we love doing what we, we do and sharing what we share and teaching how we teach is because we want women to experience a, just a moment of what we have experienced. When you have something like that in your life, you want to share it with the world. You can't help it. You talk about it all the time. You want to give it to everybody. And the truth is, I mean, it's just like a spiritual testimony. You can talk about it all you want until you experience it. It's not real. And, but once you do, once you do that fire is lit and that's it forever. And I think our children that, you know, talking about generations and legacy, our children are the first people to see that how we talk about and respect women and, um, and speak of the birth experience makes a difference for the rest of their lives. These boys that we're raising, when they go to talk to their wives about birth or their partners about birth, it's going to be a very different experience. It's going to be joyful and they're going to have knowledge about it. And it'll probably spark some interest on their wife's side, because the truth is that's not the conversation everywhere. So we, I think we have a profound responsibility once we have the knowledge about something to teach and reteach. And, and that starts in the home. Well, you look at the flip side of that, and we've had a number of women who have mentioned this in reviews on our podcast or come into the course, I was so afraid of birth. I was so afraid of birth because my, my mother told me about births with us and they, they kind of scared me and frightened me a little bit. And also I think that not um, sharing positive points of view about birth with your children, somebody's going to, something's going to get into their head. If it's not you, it's going to be the media. And we all know they portray it terribly. Right. <laughs> it's going to be right. They feed off of the, the drama and the, um, the scary, right. Yeah. And those are the stories that get perpetuated in movies and TV shows, you know, trauma, life in the ER, here comes a woman who's pregnant. That's the kind of stuff that they're going to be left with unless you choose to leave them with your thoughts and your feelings and your impressions about birth. And hopefully, hopefully yours are positive. Um, I know that my husband, it was his belief in me that 
helped me make it through those last couple of centimeters during birth. I drew so much strength and power from that because, you know, if you've gone through that experience before, you know, you reach a point where you just, I don't think I can do this anymore. And it was his belief in me having um, gone through the birth course together, having birthed other babies together. And even when we had our first and he hadn't known that about me, it was his belief in my strength and my body's ability to do it. That just gave me the energy that I needed to push those last couple of centimeters through. So whether it's your daughters or your sons, if you can help them feel and think positively about the divinity of birth and how magical it can be you are leaving such a lasting legacy that's going to impact generations to come. You're going to make the cool. If you have sons, they're going to be the best birth partners. If you have daughters, they're going to walk into that experience with way more confidence and Mm -hmm. strength than even we had going into it. So Mm -hmm. I love that. Wow. And it's like, if you think about all of the trauma that gets perpetuated, the exact opposite, how much enlightenment Mm -hmm. and joy and love I mean, you talk about this thing with your husband, like, what did that do for your relationship? Yeah. What did that do for your marriage? Yeah. It's, it's did- like, it, so just if, if anyone doubts the power of that positive birth experience, all they have to do is look at the power of the negativity and just go, yeah. what would be the exact opposite of that? And boof. Right and now. don't you think it's meant to be that way? Yeah. I mean, oh, I, totally. I think that there is a bitter and a sweet to every experience we have in this life. And I think that, um, I think that there's so much good to be had here and it doesn't need to be held in fear. Um, you're right. If you were to ask my husband, if he were on this room with us, and I think Michael would probably mm-hmm. say the same thing, the most, um, important and bonding experiences in our relationship. I'm including dating and everything. It wasn't when we got engaged. It wasn't even the day we got married. He would without fail say the four times that we worked through birth together. What about the making of the babies? <laughs> well, okay. That was fun too. Oh, but I mean, goodness. in terms of bonding. That's the most bonding before you have babies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I, I have, okay. It. Like side note, sorry. Sometimes I get off on these tangents. So you get frustrated with care providers that, um, it's just like, it's just birth. Like what, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be a martyr. You don't, you know, you don't have to give birth at home. That's not safe. Come to the hospital. That drives me crazy because you have no idea. You have no idea because you're not experiencing it. And if you have experienced it, then you wouldn't be saying that to a woman like that, because it is, it's transformative. Everything about it. When you step into that space, when you step through to motherhood, it is transformative. Nothing in this world is like it. And for mm-hmm. women that have experienced that, hands up, like they know, they know, and they want to share it. So, anyway, sorry, that's a side no. note. No, <laughs> yeah, no, very. Actually, it was very on point. Perfect. Wow. Okay, so tell us all the ways that people can contact you and get all the my essential birth goodness that. Go for it, Claire. Sure. So (laughs) you can find us, our very popular podcast, Pregnancy and Birth Made Easy. Um, It's fun. We have a lot of fun over there, but we share a lot of information and tips and advice. And so you're welcome to come find us there. And then after you check out the podcast, come see us over on Instagram. We like to continue the discussion on there. We're at My Essential Birth on Instagram. And then if you are liking the podcast, you like what you're seeing on Instagram, our very best work is 
our birth course. And that's the My Essential Birth course at myessentialbirth.com. But if you go to that site beforehand, you can um, you can download some our free guide we talked about, right? To do those three exercises we want every pregnant woman doing. Um, anyway, there's lots of great resources on the site for you. And it is a beautiful site. I checked it thank out you. before and I have it up now. It's it's great. Awesome. Thank well, thank you so much for this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I thank love you. interviewing the founders so of birth courses because you guys all have just this really unique eye into this, this space. And I think that you're, um, you're right. The clients that find you, they are, they are going to get all the information they need to make the decisions that are right for them. Yeah, so we cool. think so too. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> thank, thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks. If you'd like more information about this episode or want me to contact Courtney and Stephanie on your behalf, please always know you can reach out to me at media at Thank you. Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups, or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience.